Welcome back to the Sound Furious Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Beavers. I hope you guys had a good week. I had an okay one. Actually, you know what? I, I, I can't lie. It was, it was actually pretty good. Just staying busy, you know, getting shit done. Being that guy. You know how I got to do. I had to be that guy every fucking day. And everyone's like, there goes that guy. And I'm like, that's me, man. And you know, that's fine. That's my cross to bear. You know, that's my burden to carry with me. Is I just had to continuously be that guy. And that's fine. You know, I'm okay with that. If that's how it has to be, it has, that's how it has to be. All right, well, I started, so it doesn't really matter. And that's a rule I live by, by the way. I, I, I would, like, uh, I think that started back when I lived on, like, the Upper East Side with uh, my friend Nick and Chase. And um, they there was, like, a rule that we had, basically, that, like, if you um, if you stuttered, while you were talking, especially like if you were arguing something, it's over, you know, like that was it. Like whatever you were saying, it didn't matter because you sounded stupid because you started stuttering, which like did create quite a few problems in the, uh, in the apartment. I'm not going to lie, man. Cause sometimes we'd be having a serious ass discussion and then so it'd be like, yeah, but dude, like, like if I'm asking you to clean up the the p- p- plates, and then be like, ah, you stutter, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Literally, whatever you're saying, it doesn't matter. And like, it would get, it would get a so like whoever it was that it happened to, especially if you're talking about something serious, it would just make you so fucking mad. But you know, the the rules are the rules. I mean, there's law and order for a reason. And so if you're gonna set boundaries and you're gonna set rules, you gotta fucking follow them, man. I don't know what to tell you. You know. I, I don't know what to tell you. That's how it's going to be. But yeah, that's a that's a rule we used to, used to live by. <clears throat> now that I live by myself, you know, it doesn't really matter. It was like, it was that rule and then like seat check. Seat check was a, a religious thing. Like you had to follow. If you weren't going to follow the stutter thing, you had to follow seat check kind of thing. Um, and man, it was so annoying if like in your own apartment, you call... You didn't call seat check, but you just got up from like the seat that you always sit in. And then you come back and someone's sitting there and everyone's like, you didn't say seat check. You didn't say anything. Because like usually when you do something for so long, you become like ear numb to it kind of thing where like you tune it out. You, you, you don't you don't really think about it when you hear it anymore. But when we were doing seat check stuff, you, you always heard seat check because you'd make it very clear. You would like tap someone's shoulder and be like, hey seat check okay because because you get to that point and so you have to like say something to someone and be like hey man i need you to be a witness it's almost like getting um getting something uh what is it called fuck what is it called uh um when you go to like a not like a certifier a notary you get something notarized and <laughs> When you get something notarized and you have to like have like a witness and you're just like, hey, this happened. I need you to make sure people know that this happened officially. So. A very, very uh, frat move, I guess, so like frat house kind of thing. Be like seat check. And if you stutter, anything you're saying doesn't matter. That shit is lame. Although the word would not be lame that someone would use in that situation. Uh, all right, but let's get right into it. I've had I've had a suggestion um, from some fans 
to talk about a very contentious subject, something that a lot of people have a lot of opinions on. And I, I tell you what, I have opinions. All right, I have opinions. Uh, it's the it's the age old debate of do you put your toilet paper over or under? And I know it's you know it's lame, but I think there's some things that I've never really heard argued before for it. Um, I can tell you right now, I'm an over person. If you do under, you, with all due respect, you are lesser, right? Because you're not thinking about things in the way of like convenience. You're not thinking about like, I, I don't, I don't really know. I guess I need someone to come on here and talk, tell me about why would they would do under versus over? Because here are my arguments, right? With over, you have terribility. You have really good terribility. So, like, if I'm doing one-handed, I can't get two hands. I can't, like, you know, roll out and then tear. Dude, if I'm going under, every time it's under and I try to tear, it just pulls more toilet paper out. I'm pissed, right? Because now it's probably going to roll for so long that the slack is going to touch the floor. And if that shit touches the floor, I I can't use that. You know what's on the, the damn floor, especially if you live in, like, places like New York or, like, Chicago or L.A., like, big urban areas. Bro, I'm not putting whatever touches the floor on my ass. That is a sensitive private area. And I don't want dirty toilet paper touching my butt. All right? So get the fuck out of here with that. But there's terribility. There's <clears throat> there's also just like aesthetics. I think it looks better to have it coming over. You know what I mean? Also, like, it, to be honest... You're not as accurate. You're not as accurate with how much you have. You ha you have to be like a practiced under person to be good at it. That and you you can't assume that everyone's gonna have that kind of skill or wherewithal or like hand eye coordination to really be able to know because you're because you're kind of blinded. You know you're coming in, you're tearing away. You're you know you're bringing the back end of your toilet paper string, however long you pull it out, is dark side of the moon territory. You cannot see that unless you have a mirror or something, and also like. Let, let's say like, uh, you, okay, so not toilet paper, right? But this time it's paper towels. It's still an over person. If you've got the one that hangs like horizontally and you can like tear it off. I mean, the goal is just to get a vertical one because then tearing down your terribility is at maximum potential, right? It's a maximum efficiency. Uh, but, you know, if you're doing, if you're doing an under, you're, you're really, especially if it's not a per, uh, perforated ones, so you've got just like, you know, like the brown paper towel roll, dude. If you're going from underneath, your terribility is already bad. Also, you have way less of a chance of getting a more clean kind of pull because you may pull half off, right? It tears halfway, but then it starts pulling more down. And now I'm pissed, right? I'm pissed about it because I'm like, that's not, if it was over, I wouldn't have to deal with this, right? Because sometimes I'm going one-handed, especially if it's going quick. And that's when the terribility comes into, comes into play. So I guess the big thing here is, I think there's a factor that people aren't talking about, which is terribility of over and under. That to me is a big thing because I'm on the go. I, I'm got, I've got a phone. I've got, you know, something in my hand. I was going to say food, but I don't eat while I'm pooping because that's an insane thing to do. Um, same thing with like, if everyone's ever heard of like a Blumpkin, a Blumpkin is when you're getting, uh, uh, um, um, I guess you could say fellatio or cunnilingus while defecating. Hey, psycho. That's nasty, right? You got to be a real sicko to do that kind of shit. I'm not, I'm not really into that. I don't approve of that kind of shit. That's crazy. Move the mic here a little bit while I stand up. 
Yeah, I have a setup now to where I can stand and talk if I want to, which is nice. So I can do it like a standing desk kind of thing. Except for me, it's just me standing alone in my office, recording me talking to no one, which is pretty cool, you know? <laughs> That's a pretty cool thing. All right, so I know you're jealous. It's okay. You don't have to like talk about it. It's fine. But I mean, I- I'm still, I'm definitely an over guy. I've just never really heard a good argument for under. Like, I, w- I would love to hear one. If someone has a really, what they think is a really good reason to go under versus over, please, please hit me up. Hit hit my line, HML. HMU, hit me up. Um, HMA, hit my ass. Um, HMS, hit that shit. Hit, no, it, it hit my shit. Damn, no, I guess it's HTS, hit this shit. If you're like putting out like a, you know, offering up a, a joint or a, a blount, if you will, a blount, a bountiful blountish. So, yeah, that's 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 my argument. <laughs> Damn, that kind of stunned down the track, huh? Hell yeah. Um, I was thinking about recently. I I, I used to uh, do acting. And there was a point where, like, I dropped out of uh, acting school to just kind of try and pursue it full time, Um, which didn't work out great, obviously, because I don't really do it anymore, which is fire. Um, But I used to go to a lot of, like, open call auditions because this was pre-COVID and they used to have a lot of open call auditions. Ah, Take a sip of my coffee. And... Since I don't do them anymore, now we do more casting stuff. This is like, this is one of the more evil, kind of like devious, being bad for the sake of enjoying being bad, I guess. So you guys are going to see, this is a real sadistic thought, I guess. I want to like have a project, um, like a film or a show or whatever, and like have an open call, but it's already cast, Right. I want to get as many people as possible and do the rounds and like tell people that they're doing well. And because here's the thing though, like, and I've been thinking about this more and more because I thought about it a couple of days ago. Uh, And so I've been, I have time before I came on here and like did the podcast to be able to think about it and everything. But I, um, yeah, I want to like, we could potentially actually find someone who we like for the project and it ends up being like a good thing. Right. So there is a potential or not even for that specific project that's like, you know, promoted, but for something else, which is kind of the whole point of auditions as well. Not the whole point, but that's, you know, part of it is a networking thing where you get your face seen a lot and you, then the more auditions you do, the more people see you, they remember your name. If you do really well or, you do a bunch of them and you're kind of like forgetful, you know, like not really standing out a lot of the time, kind of like hitting that middle lane average kind of thing. And then like, they're like, I'm pretty sure I remembered this guy, but I can't really remember. I, I can't, you know, it's not, it's not sticking in my mind. That happens, you know, that does happen. And that's on you. I guess. I don't know. I, there's no really anywhere to really go with that. But, um, <clears throat> I So just to like see the hustle, I think, is why I want to do this. I want to see people like really go for it. And like basically with no consequence on me, 
Because then at the end of the day, if no one gets it, I don't feel bad about someone who does get it already. Which I don't think I would feel bad. But if there is any risk of me feeling bad, this kind of absolves me of that risk uh, of feeling bad, you know? So it's entirely, entirely self-fulfilling, for sure, right? Um, But that's, yeah, that's basically that. And I told this to... I told this to someone. They were like, yeah, you, you can't you can't do that. And then they told me that me saying that to them made them feel better about the bad thoughts that they have because at least it's not something like that. And that is probably unfortunately true because that, that's, a, that's a more evil one. And I don't even remember where it came from. I think I just like thought about like, like, you know, saw something about like an open call audition, which by the way is a crazy thing that we used to do. Like there would be dozens or like you know like a lot of fucking people like upwards of a hundred maybe over a hundred people waiting in line like one time I um I was auditioning for the West Side Story film that came out the I think it was Steven Spielberg did it which they butchered it because they took out one of the best fucking scenes took out the mambo scene in the gym bro that's one of the best fucking parts because you get to see them actually like interact outside of violence and that's like a that's a big thing because it showed it also uh, that's the point where maria and tony actually get to meet dickhead man they really like i hate what they did to that adaption because they really fucked it up in my opinion but i digress uh i you know we the audition was out in brooklyn at this warehouse that's like in downtown kind of by dumbo um and dude i was out there at like six o'clock in the fucking morning because I knew that there was going to be a long ass line and I get there at 6 a.m. Because I'm like straight up like an hour and a half or like two hours early to it. I think it started at like 730. But I get there. I'm like already like 30 something in line. And I'm like, oh, my God. One of the guys there had a like basically like one of those rolling backpacks. But it's like it's like a smaller, cooler size. You know what I mean? Not small, but like the smaller. If you know what a Yeti cooler is. It's like one of those, but a little bit smaller, like in terms of room. But it basically is a cooler, and he had like food and like clothes. And I was, I was like, "Damn, man has got like caravan gear," and got here like so early. Um, but I mean, I guess that's the hustle, which is one of the reasons I stopped, you know, really pursuing acting a lot because I'm just not like that guy. I don't, I can't do all of that work if at the end of the day I have no control over what the actual project is or how it's going to be portrayed. You know, you're you're entirely just taking someone's someone else's words, someone else's vision, someone else's direction, someone else's music, someone else's someone else's choreography, someone else's costumes, someone else's like they, there's so many decisions that are already made and so much control that's already been lost by the time you get to actually being talent on set that I was like, I'm not doing all this work just to show up and have. Yeah, you do get recognition because people get to see your face, but I guess to me that that risk versus reward is just not worth it. So I was like, I'd rather be behind the camera actually making decisions. So now as like a producer and like an audio person, that's that's two departments I'm already getting to get control in. And one of them is an administrative role as a producer, right? So you have as nearly as much control as possible. You actually like, especially as like a supervising producer or a line producer or not necessarily a line producer because that's more like budgeting. So like, but like if you're like an, uh, an associate or like a supervising or something like just a regular producer, you have more control actually technically than an executive producer unless 
you know, because for people who don't really know, executive producer most of the time just means that you funded it. That's really it. Like you just like backed it and you really believed in it. Maybe you helped get connections for it and like, you know, find uh, a distribution or because like you had a connection or something. Usually executive producers, that's when you are trying to get rich people and very already successful people, someone with a name, someone who's known for like producing things like, you know, to, to come onto the project. That's the investment part, right? That's that's the part of producing that some people really like and some people fucking hate. You know, so not not everyone speaks money like uh like 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 other like others do. I guess I'm not one of those people who speaks money as well as I speak content and actually getting the work out and actually like making things happen, getting the right people in the room and stuff like that. You know, so there's strengths and weaknesses to each kind of uh, producer, but as a producer, you get way more control, and I, and I started finding that I liked that way more than just being an actor. I also like sound and audio a lot. I like listening to things, making sure ma- making sure things sound good, because to me that's one of the first things I notice. I've, it's one of the first things I've always noticed. If like there's bad audio, or random noises coming in, or some shit like that, I'm immediately taken out. And I can actually like because I'm just not as much as have as much visual prowess as you know, like as as a director or a cinematographer or something like that. Which is, you know. Um, to me, it's good because that means that I can focus more of my time and more of my effort and passion into the audio side, which is something that is 99% of the time blown the fuck off, <laughs> which is like, which is fine because like then I get paid more because other people don't know how to do it. And so I can charge more to do your projects because if you, all right. And and I happen to be pretty damn good at it, to be honest with you, uh, especially in the, the post-production field, uh, I, I don't enjoy field mixing as much. It's a lot of pressure, um, at least to me, because I, I, I think of it as someone who, especially when I know I'm going to be the one editing it in post, I, I feel a lot of pressure to make sure it sounds as close as possible to, you know, uh, besides like a clean and like a little bit of EQing, it's like publishable as possible. Um just because that's easier for me in the, you know, in the long, long game kind of thing. So if I could choose, I would like to do the mixing and the editing, but in a more realistic sense, I would choose editing and post-production over the the field mixing anytime. But that's not the same with composing. I would also rather be a part of the, I would rather do both of them. I don't know which one I would choose more, honestly. Maybe more of like the engineering and like post-production, like editing side for music scoring and everything. Um, Because I'm definitely not like a songwriter, for sure. I'm not a lyrics person as much. I really think of things as like rhythm and melody based. That's why I like things that like, you know, sometimes they're completely lyricless and like, no, no, there's no singing. It's entirely just, that's why I, I like Radiohead a lot. Tom York will sing like a couple of lines and then it's just jamming with Colin and Johnny Greenwood. You know, like, which is awesome. I love that kind of shit. It's prog rock, any kind of like ambient stuff, super into like Brian Eno and like as shitty as he is, Varg Vakernis with like his like, you know, um, post medieval, <laughs> like dark ambient shit, which is very interesting. I just started getting into like Burzum's, um Dowdy Something is the name of the album. Uh, pretty cool album. I mean, he's a shit person. He's a really bad person, but. He created black metal and dark ambient was one of like the first people in it. 
specifically in those genres. But uh, other ambient people, uh, there was a there's an ambient album I listened to recently that was technically ambient house music, but it was like minimalism ambient, so it was like really really soft, dim kind of not dim and like dumb, but dim and like not as bright and saturated sounds. Um, very like airy, very like wispy kind of feel, but still having like a, you know, a good rhythm kind of like a, kind of it pulsed a lot, which is really nice. Uh, it's a really great work album. Let me actually figure out what it was called again so that I can drop the name on here and drop the name of the <clears throat> artist as well. You know what I mean? Where is it? I know it's on here because I just listened to it the other day. Here it is. It's called Loop Finding Jazz Records and all Loop Dash Finding Dash Jazz Dash Records by Jan Jelinek. J A N J E L I N E K. Jan Jelinek. It's from 2001. Great album if you want to just kind of like, you know, not doze off. I mean, you could actually probably sleep to this album, honestly, but it's a really great work album, just like chilling. Um, also, speaking of great albums, there's a couple more that I found recently. Um, well, I didn't find because this one just dropped, but the Lil Yachty, uh, I think it's called Let's Do This. Um, the new album that he just dropped is insanely good. It's it's like stupid how good that is. Like I am almost pissed off at him. It's called Let's Start Here. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's so fucking good. Um, Break Ins his new album, Hypochondriac. I mean, that's pretty old. That's like December, I'm pretty sure. Uh, there's a guy named Tokyo Pill who's great. If, uh, there's a, specifically the album Dopamine Online. Awesome. Uh, oh, by the way, Dowdy Balders. D-A-U-D-I-B-A-L-D-R-S is that Dark Ambient Vark Vicarinus album from Burzum. Uh all right, so now music music corner is done. There's, there's a couple of little albums that I've been listening to recently. They're gonna be they're all very very different. Just so you know, <laughs> they're all very different in their own way. Like the, every single one is a different genre. So it's I've been all over the place in music recently. That's what happens when I I know what I'm going through a lot in my life. When like I'll have times where I listen to like the same album over and over and over and over and over and over and over because I just love the I love concept and like cohesive albums as like a full project. That's my favorite thing. I, you know, the singles game, I get it is virality and like all of this, um, all of this fucking streaming and algorithm based success and all that shit. But really into the concept album type shit. So that's what I'm going to be. I, even if no one listens to it, I'm trying to. I want to start making music more as a hobby rather than trying to make that like my main breadwinning source kind of thing. So I think I'm going to start doing that. Just putting it because it puts a lot of pressure on myself when I'm like, I, I have to make it so good that it's going to, you know, it's going to um, it's going to take me to the top. I'm going to get a deal. I'm going to get a record deal off of this when it's just like you on average, you know. Singers are making sometimes up to 30 songs before a record label even looks at them. And even at the end of the day, everything is an, is an advanced loan. So you have to make all that money back and then you start making profit. Which is like, first off, people talk about how shitty that is. Dude, that's just the business. It's always been like that. It's not going to change anytime soon. Unless you're going to start your own record label. Which, And if you are, hell fucking yeah, do that. But you will fall into that same thing where you're like, okay, let's give you money. Let's give you all this stuff but we got to make an ROI, a return of investment on this. And like that, how else do you expect to do it except for taking, being like, you got to pay this back and then you can start making profit, but you're giving them all these resources. So it's how you use it. 
you know, Young Thug talked about it. He was just like, I, I didn't, I just needed a platform. You know, it's not about the money for me. I just need a platform. And then he rose up. Now he is YSL. Now, granted, granted, he's in jail. So, maybe not the best idea to do it the way specifically he did it, but the idea still stands and the concept is the same. And the, the, follow, the plan is a good plan. That's a good route to take if you want to do that. It's using your resources right. Or you can fuck around with labels like Frank Ocean did and completely fuck them over and live stream your whole album. I think it was Euphoria it was called or Euphoric or something like that. And then, you know, that's your last album and then you get your $50 million done, like your $50 million deal or whatever it was. Um, and then you go independent, you drop Blonded and then you make a fuck ton of money off of it because you own the Masters. Pretty smart. But also, like, he will be dealing with the outcome of that, like, you know, the 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 fallout from that forever. I'm sure that those record labels are going to try and fuck him over for the rest of his fucking life. But if you're cool with that, then do that. Who cares? But see, now all of you hear like all of that commotion, all that conflict and all that shit. I don't care enough to deal with that. It's the same thing with acting. You know, I'll deal with it on a production level and deal with the shit clients and deal with all these arguments and lack of control and and whatever bad things may come because I just love I I love making projects, making media, making content so much. I'm willing to put up with that. I love music and acting, but I don't love it so much. I'm willing to put up with that for a measly paycheck at the end of the day. You know, I love audio that much. I'll, I'll put up with a lot of shit knowing that, li- that I'm continuing to hone my craft. Now, Grant, that doesn't mean try and take advantage of me because I'll still get in your face and be like, go fuck yourself, pay me my money type shit. But... It's more of like um, I, you got to kind of be willing to take some shots to the face and like eat them sometimes. Like it's just sometimes you do projects for free because you know that like it's going to bring in business later down the line. It's an investment in a relationship. And do, do all of them work out? No. you get. But even if you only get a third of them to work out, when they work out, they sh- they will work out well. If you, you know, obviously are with the right people, but that's up to you to decide. And that's part of the learning process and the learning curve of getting into this. And the it's also, you know, the curse and blessing of getting into it as young as your early 20s of like, you know, trying to work at the same level and the same kind of jobs that like 40 or 50 year olds work of producing content at the level that we want to try and produce it at. You know, our constituents a lot of the time are, you know, 35 and up they can be elected into office into a government office that's usually our constituents of like people that we're constantly in talks with and shit like that and for talent obviously it's younger people also because it's easier for us to direct and we create stories a lot of the time with younger people in mind but there's also stories and content and commercials and clients with older people and you know as crazy as it is to fathom there are more people alive who are older than me than there are who are my age or younger, you know? Are they quickly depleting? Yeah, they have been for the last three years. But there's still more of them because, obviously, yeah. So, <clears throat> it's a very interesting thing, man, being in the film business and uh, the media business and because everyone's a fucking content creator now everyone everyone with an iphone and some shitty usb mic is a fucking content creator and you know what get your bag bro i don't care there's no judgment coming from me because right now i obviously have no room and our company has no room to talk right now i'm talking shit on people getting their bag if you're getting it 
fuck yeah, go for it. I, you know, I hope you work with us. <laughs> I hope you want to work with us because I would love to. There, I, I and the piggyback off of success kind of thing is so so tired sometimes. Because it's like you're talking about networking and like bringing people up with you. That's just part of it. But yeah. Anyways, uh, I think I'm gonna end it here. A little bit under twenty, uh, under thirty minutes, so not too bad. Little, little, little quick one for y'all. The Friday one this week will be extra, extra nice and a little bit longer. I'm gonna try and get like an hour in, but I'm hoping to have Nick and Kevin, uh, my other co-VP and executive at Bay One, coming in. You have the three of us talk to y'all and kind of hang out and hear all the antics that we've got going on. Uh, I want to start getting some other guests too. Um, few good friends of mine but yeah um hell yeah thanks for listening i hope you got some work done if you didn't then i hope you enjoyed anyways uh and uh like a like always if you have anything that you want to uh have me talk about or any kind of topics you have any comments you have any like responses i always love to see it and hear it and read it and listen to it whatever i think i said hear it and listen to it so cool nice um but yeah, you can DM me at Mophead Records on Instagram, M-O-P-H-E-A-D Records at Instagram. Uh, or you can email me, phil at bay1entertainment.com. So thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. I'll s- see you or I'll talk at you on the next one. Bye. <laughs>